Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Often on retreat, you know, when you kind of get past the halfway mark, people start to, okay, whatever. (laughs) Many people start to loosen up. And to me, it's always a time to, you know, in this three-month period of practice, it's a time to not do that. It's like, like that. Um, there's this really interesting ad that Toto and I saw the other day. It said, now that you're older, be the tide, you know, like you know, to be, I thought it was such a strange ad. And, uh, you know, it's like now that we're in the midst of it, be the ocean, not the tide. Feel the tide. Really feel the tide. Feel the wave upon wave and learn how to come back to your hara and come back to the ocean. Come back to tenderness of kind of resting in our vast nature. Been so you know some of you know I've been reading about medieval Japan and soda Zen practice and just been so interested in our ancestors and lineage and love learning and one of the things that's always been so striking to me about Dogen is that he was very you know there were many different styles of practice at that time as there are now and he was really discerning and trusting his own experience with what felt right, felt attuned, but also not so much the tricky part with that is, you know, not letting our waves drive the situation, but allowing our, the oceanness of ourselves. It's so easy to say like, oh, I don't like that, or not my thing, or, I know certainly if I listen to my waves, I will be living a very different life, still really chasing after things, in particular contentment. But one of the things that I've always appreciated is that learning to rest somewhere, finding refuge, for the time being in this body, in this life, is such a gift. I feel like when I read about our ancestors, this is what I learn from a lot.
so the one of our ancestors or Soto Zen ancestors is a, a wonderful poet named Ryokan. And he lived from 758 around to, oh, yeah, 1831. It's a little while ago. And he's one of the um, most beloved to this day um, figures in Japan as well as around the world because he was a, also a poet and uh, truly himself, you know. And many people think of him and say, like, yeah, I'm going to be like Ryokan and just like do whatever. Wander around and play with kids. He loved playing with kids and he was really particularly fun, fond of like games with balls and, you know, kicking balls around. <laughs> and people used to make fun of him a lot. Like, what kind of monk are you, you know? playing games with kids. You should be studying. You, from all accounts, he would just laugh at those kind of but After completing very rigorous monastic training for full time for 10 years, as a, in a Soto Zen monastery, that's when he chose after that time to be a beggar. He felt that his path would be to be a beggar. So he was never the head of a monastery or a temple. And he drifted back to his, um, where he was born and was a beggar on the streets there. And he was often you know, famous for sharing the little food that he could get from people with birds and little critters around him that clearly needed some food too. And also very fond of you know, playing games with the local kids in the street fields. And one of these times, you know, Ryokan was had, you know, was quite disheveled and raggedy robes and unshaven most of the time and barefoot. He would often go into people's kitchens to ask them for food because the kitchens were kind of open. And so he would just go back around to the kitchen and ask for food. But when he went to one house, they had realized something was stolen and so they saw him and they assumed that he was the thief. I mean, you really can imagine it too. Like imagine like a very disheveled person showing up in your kitchen and what would your response be? And so they summoned the villagers with a conch shell and you know, hitting a Han of some kind and the villagers bound him with a rope and were going to bury him alive. So back in the day, they would, you know, take matters into their own hands. And but he didn't say a word and he just let them do what they wanted. And before they threw him into this little grave, 
someone noticed that it was Ryokan. So what are you doing? This is the famous Zen master Ryokan, a celebrated poet. Untie this rope right away and apologize. The villagers did so. And uh, the person who rescued him said, why didn't you say it was a false accusation? Ryokan said, all the villagers suspected me. Even if I had explained, that wouldn't have removed their suspicion. There is nothing better than to say nothing. So interesting to think about, what if you didn't have to explain yourself? This can happen also in sanghas, right? You know, people amongst themselves talk and decide certain things and create kind of a sense of what we think. Well, there's nothing really to do unless we have that kind of direct relationship with who the person is. I love that moment between the person suddenly instead of villagers, instead of this generalizing, right? That can so happen. And we see this happening in our society, right? People taking sides, people sure the other side is wrong. And one group gathering and talking amongst ourselves about the other side. This happens in families and sanghas and nations. Very popular. Mm -hmm. I was talking with a Dharma friend last night and who was being accused of something, you know, by someone. And we talked about this story. We just both said, well, but wouldn't it be wonderful if that person just talked to you about it? And it's so easy to make assumptions instead of having direct conversation. So it always moved me this story, just like finally there's that person who's like, no, I know him. That's not his deal. He's not a thief. He's a person. He's a poet. He's a monk. I appreciate him. So easy to rally. Some of you know I have a little um, Buddha statue of a certain political person on my desk. Every morning, kiss him, kiss him, kiss him.
That's the challenge. Gossiping and taking sides doesn't take a lot of practice. <laughs> From my experience, taking sides and even what's happening politically doesn't take any practice. My friends in Stormfront don't need much practice taking sides. I don't need to take practice taking a side when I read my fellow members' comments. Intolerance doesn't take much practice. Hatred doesn't take much practice. Feeling unseen doesn't take much practice. Feeling misunderstood doesn't take much practice. I know that myself. There's someone who's felt all those things. But to me, the brave step is like talking directly. So many precepts about that. So in the text today, Dogen says, oh, it suddenly got dark in here. So it goes. Thus, do not fear the suffering from cold. The suffering from cold has never crushed the way. You should only be concerned about not practicing. Lack the practice Lack of practice leaves a person divided and hinders the way. Don't be put off from the suffering of heat. The suffering from heat has never crushed the way. You should only be concerned about not practicing. Lack of practice leaves a person divided and hinders the way. I love this whole section. Just is like, what a juicy paragraph to at least spend a lifetime on. <laughs> that these extremes, right, or these waves of cold, of heat, of opinions, of feeling, Mm. having the suffering from those experiences he's saying has never crushed the way whether it's cold or hot or one side or the other side or feeling unseen or feeling unheard feeling scared feeling powerless that experience has never crushed the way. But how do we practice with that? To me, like that's where it gets really juicy. Whatever's arising, whoa. How do we work with that? How do we work with our thoughts and our words and our actions? This lack of practice leaves a person divided and hinders the way. 
So what is the practice? What's your practice? To me, it's also like in the sentence itself, lack of practice leaves the person divided and hinders the way. It's almost like the teaching is in there, what practice is. Practice is what, non-practice is what divides and hinders. So what kind of thoughts am I having lately that divide and hinder? So humbling, you know, for me to like, oh, it's so endless. <laughs> so endless, you know, it's like the waves themselves. You know, I was talking to someone who does a lot of surfing and just thinking about like how waves tend to come in groups of three or four and then there's a pause. Which waves do you get caught in? You get swept by that cause you to divide in yourself and outside. The Buddha accepted an offering of barley of horses for horses as food for himself. It's so funny when I read that, I was like, my mother used to make barley. <laughs> Kasha Veronicus, you know, that's what she called. Sages of olden times lived on bracken in the mountains. These are excellent examples of, for both Buddhas and laity. You should not be like a demon looking for blood or milk. A day fully engaged, a day of fully engaged activity is the continuous practice of all Buddhas. here again, he's giving us a different version of his definition of continuous practice, of how to work. A day of fully engaged activity. Last night I was, you know, I was talking to this friend and I found myself like so wanting to like say a little, say a little thing, <laughs> say a little gossipy thing or <laughs> about this person he was talking about. Mm. <laughs> How delicious it would be. I'm just like actually on the phone and uh, just feeling that arising and just like, oh, that, that poison is in me. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. And learning just to eat it. Such, and to me, it's like that kind of engagement activity. It's like learning to feel that kind of excitement. I don't know if you have that feeling. 
to really pay attention to like when you're about to gossip or talk about someone else. There's like kind of like, mm, like a, there's like magazines based on this, like TV shows are based on this. Like people are like, ooh, entertainment tonight. Like what happened to those people? You know, like we have actually a culture that feeds on that kind of energy. And it's so interesting to pay attention to it. Because there's something like mm, rising up makes me feel powerful. And then I realized like, oh, right, because in this situation, I felt really powerless. Mm. Not knowing what to do. And so to me, it's kind of like that story of Ryokan, like just not saying anything it can be really helpful as a way of engaging practice in a different way. Many people, you know, say like, well, is it enough? I hear this often from students, like, is what I do enough? The world is so vast and wide and is what I do enough? And I was thinking about, you know, this Dogen's teaching about fully engaged activity. Hmm. It reminded me of this other um, story of Ryokan. You know, he lived near the water, and so he would often also walk on the beach, and a storm had just come, and there were hundreds of starfish on the beach, you know, and then the sun came out, and they're about to get, all get killed. And so he picked up he was picking up the starfish one by one and gently putting them back in the water. And a fisherman was there, you know, fishing at the water and observed him and said, why do you do this? This happens every time a storm comes. You can't save them all, he said. So what difference does it make what you're doing? Ryokan had one of the starfish in his hand. And he said, it'll make a difference to this one. fully engaged activity. So fully engaged activity is our reflection for today is the place of practice. So how do we each realize what's in our hand is the place of practice what we do with our thoughts and our words and our actions is what makes a difference. It makes a difference to that moment. Mm -hmm. 
Let's look forward to our practice together. Thank you.